0: myself. All right, fine, we'll do it this way. Have you guys had a good Monday? Yes? Yes? Listen, we provided, we wanted to do the Monday night gathering specifically because who has ever had a case of the Mondays? Every Monday, right? So we wanted to end it. No matter what, no matter how crazy your Monday got, you get to end it here with your girls dressed up, ready to go enjoying, I see you enjoying it, Um, and getting to have a chance to get like your photos taken, just something to remember the night by, but more so when all of that is married with worship, you guys sound so good, we're standing out in this hall right here, and I'm like, yeah. I just want to worship all night, all night with you guys. Um, the truth is is that it makes my heart happy, but I also know how happy it makes our father's heart. So thank you guys so much for coming I'm so excited about this message specifically because I know that it is a word for each of you in this room and why do I feel so confident in that? Because it's from the Bible. (laughs) Specifically, from Jesus' lips. So, we're going to dive in. We're going to do this together. But I kind of want to set you up um, with a little bit of backstory in John. We're going to be in John chapter 15, verse 1 is where we'll start. But before we do all that, we're going to pray, and then we'll dig in. Father, we are so grateful, Lord, that we are yours. That this room of women... Are here and Lord that that you um, see individually every single need that's represented, Lord. I know that this is a word straight from you, and I am honored to be able to communicate. Lord, I pray God that you do the work that only you can do in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so to set it up, John chapter 15. First off, it's written by John, and I kind of like him just a little bit in his personality because he's like, hey. I'm the beloved disciple. I mean, you know, you know, like, I'm my mama's favorite, so why not write that down in your book? Jesus' favorite done <laughs> um I'm, I'm excited about this message uh specifically because i do feel like it is something that um is it matters to the to our father's heart and uh jesus is speaking he's saying at, just just kind of give a backstory he's already um had the last meal with his disciples he's washed their feet and now he is on the last last leg of the journey headed towards the crucifixion so what he is saying it means something like there's an extra added layer of weight and so I want to dig into that and see what Jesus is having to say Uh, we are living in a day and time when we are encouraged to have a self-care moment anybody ever heard that self-care who likes a little self-care in here yes yes my husband in the back raising his hand I will testify the man (laughs) likes some self-care But here's the thing, self-care is great and it is incredible to enjoy, but it is not God. And whenever you are going through some hard seasons, and sometimes those long hard seasons can turn into a season of long suffering, the me time that you are having is not going to be what sustains you. And so my heart is to be able to show exactly what will be able to sustain you. We're going to start in John chapter 15. It's going to be on the screen for you guys. Let's read together. I am the true grapevine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and He prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so that when they do produce even more, you have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples, and this brings great glory to my Father. You notice Jesus isn't talking to his disciples about how to get saved or how to get to heaven. He's already had those conversations with them. He's on the road to, to what is imminent death, crucifixion ahead, and he, he knows his time on earth is short, And so he's he's rallying the guys together and saying, "I need you to listen in, remain in me, and remain is such like a okay wow I mean he's saying it seven times in just eight verses so it must mean something right like there is some weight to remaining right like if my husband tells me something maybe two or three times about something I may be like okay cool 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 and then about seven or eight times I'll be like what did you say what did you say there. He would say more like 70, 80, but I'm, you know, I'm just going to, whatever. Anyhow, the word remain is shortened to meno, which means to abide, to stay, to reside, to last, to persist, to continue to live on, to wait for, to keep on. So why is Jesus so insistent that we remain? Plant mom or not, do I have any plant moms in here? Loud and proud. Let me see. Let me see the hands. Okay, everybody else is its fine. You're going to get there. Uh, Plant a mom or not, you know that a branch must stay attached to the vine or else it's doomed. Absolutely nothing is possible except for it to wither and die uh, unless it's attached to the vine 24-7, right? So, in verse 1, you'll see Jesus points out that he is the grapevine and his father is the gardener. Uh, you can notice, like, you, he, he uses grapes as an illustration for many reasons, but what I like to take away from that is that he's looking for a bunch of grapes. I've never planted a vineyard. I don't know anything about that business. My, my lane is straight up fiddle leaf. Like, that's where, that's where I'm going to hone in at. But if I'm planting a, a vineyard, like, I want a lot of grapes, right? A bunch of grapes. And that's just how Jesus is saying, hey, you should produce much fruit. It's not just like you're going to have one or two little uh, dashes here and, and then you're done. No, it is to produce much fruit. Uh, let's talk about some gardening and uh, some fresh old fiddle leaf business. So I have just kind of dabbled into the world of uh, fiddle leaf. I think I've been a proud plant mom for um, maybe two years or so. And... Uh, you know, it's just, there's something about when that thing just starts to plant and like, there's a whole new baby sprout. I don't know why. I mean, I am a real mom. Like I get it. (laughs) But when that little sprout just comes, I'm like, okay, look at you. (laughs) So, um, one day I was over at a friend's house. I'm not going to name names, (laughs) Ashley Cox. (laughs) And, uh, we, she had, dabbled into the land of fiddle leaf business and I was just sitting there staring at it and as I am looking at this fiddle leaf there falls a brown leaf to the ground to join the other brown leaves to the ground so many brown leaves I just didn't feel like if I was gonna be a responsible plant parent that I could have let that plant just continue to die there so I took that plant home put it in some good soil Prune the heck out of it because, <laughs> Lord knows, it was brown. <laughs> but here's what happens when you pr- when you prune off that brown when you the thing that's dead that's supposed to be getting the nutrients to be able to produce something. Oh my gosh, like this, you get the great little fiddle leaf plants. Like they're just so baby cute. <laughs> None of that would happen if you're just continuing to, to nourish what's already dead. So it's not enjoyable. It's not fun. But when you get to the other side, that's what he's saying. Like, there's, there's much fruit to be produced. Uh, verse 6, it says, Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch that withers. Such branches are gathered um, into a pile to be burned. And that's a pretty hard truth. But verse 7, it says, But if you remain in me, and my words remain in you, you may ask anything you want, and it will be granted. Remain in me, and my words will remain in you. So listen, as much as I love a good uh, pedicure and self-care moment situation... I want to be able to have grit and stamina and I don't want to be a flaky believer. I want to be someone who is planted and is secure in the Lord. And to do that, you have to stay in the word. That's what he's saying. Remain in me and I'll remain in you. He is doing the work. Um, I have been a believer since I was 15 years old. I started to um, really like dig into the word then. I knew nothing about the word. Uh, I am now 38 years old, and I can tell you I do not have every scripture in the Bible memorized. Uh, I cannot tell you probably what I read last week or last year for sure, but who in here can tell me what they ate last week or last year? If you do, that's impressive. The truth is, you probably don't remember, but you know that you were nourished, right? Because that's what the food is about. It's about that self-nourishment, just like the scripture. Like, you're not going to always have that moment into the Word. You're like, this is it, Lord. Holy Spirit, do your work. But you know that you're nourished in that moment. Again, it's about the stamina. It's about the grit. It's about being a strong believer, And we have too many people watching and looking. And it's our responsibility to be able to show them who Jesus is. And if we're not in the word and we're not spending time with him, then we don't know. We don't know. We're giving them something false. Uh, The second part of verse 7 is is a lot of fun to read. It's on the sweatshirts. (laughs) If you remain in me, then you can ask for anything you want and it will be granted. That is a lot of fun to say and think, right? But that's not like a genie situation, like a magic genie. That's not his point in it. He's saying, you remain in me, I remain in you. This is a, a relationship we're going to get to know one another. It's that characteristic of knowing who our father is. Uh, I have an 11-year-old daughter and a 5-year-old son. And just this past week, Christmas catalogs came out. Did anybody get those? Yeah, there's a lot of Christmas catalogs and... I think we have, like, an accumulation of three. And, and, you know, just because I'm a bomb parent, I was like, y'all go through. You just highlight. Do what you want. Well, so, of course, just like when we were kids, they highlighted, they circled, they did, like, the entire page, three full catalogs completely circled. I was like, okay. Well, we have grandparents and aunts and uncles, everybody asking for a Christmas list. So I was like, can we just narrow it down? Give me five. Just one of the top five. So my son, who is five years old, had a sister write everything, 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 <laughs> everything, everything. That boy's so smart. He's so smart. <laughs> My 11 year old daughter, she wrote categorized one through five, and then I see that marker change a little bit six through 10. <laughs> I see on the back of it 11 through 15. But here's the thing, like the one that has remained with us the longer, the 11-year-old, she knows the ways of me and her father. So as you are in the Word and you are beginning to learn that his characteristic, who he is, how he works in your life, that is what he's meaning. Like, you remain, you ask because you already know the characteristics of your father that you're going to be looking for. Trust me when I tell you, I am here for a good time. Like, that's just my personality. I'm not one to be like... Oh, you're, you're in a season of long-suffering. Okay, let's pray. Like, I'm for you. I really want to see some joy in your life. Like, I want that happy time. I'm also very aware that pruning hurts and consequences hurt and living in a fallen world hurts and the enemy's job is to steal, kill, and to destroy. But we have to remain in him. And I want to remind you, we are going to abide with him we're going to stay with him we're going to last with him we're going to persist we're going to continue to live on with him we're going to wait for him we're going to keep on with him you're already going to do hard things that's just life but let's do it in the right direction Okay, all oh, that's pretty heavy. So I'm going to leave you, we're going to go into uh, where Jesus is a little bit more encouraging. I mean, just, I mean, again, this is not a casual conversation that he's having with his friends. He knows what's fixing to happen. And so he really wants his, his, his friends taken care of. He says, as the Father has loved me in verse 9, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for a friend. Remain in his love. There's something incredible to read in this scripture. Big picture, the disciples don't know what's happening they don't see. Jesus is the only one that is very clear on what's to come. But here he's talking about, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. So while he knows like death is happening, there's a there's a sacrifice that he is going to the cross for us, he still has the joy for us on his heart. And that's where he's given us that Remain because he wants us to continue to, to have that joy. And I like, I love that the, the, the disciples are kind of like, what, but what you saying when you say, uh, Greater love has no man than this? And, what? and Jesus already knows. And that's, and the whole reason he wants you to be able to have that joy uh, the grit, the dirty knees, the calloused hands, the hell that will come your way, it doesn't just happen. Because you don't want it to happen. I have lived and I have experienced um, great sorrow and heartache and doubt and anguish. And I know that I am not alone in this room. And I know that no one is exempt from it. I also know our children are not exempt from it. And so, what we do and how we lead, it matters. When you go home tonight or some point this week, I encourage you to go through and read John uh, chapter 16 and 17. It gets gets real good then. But he goes on to say in verse 26 later on, he says, I know it's not going to be easy. I'm leaving you like he's leaving his friends for a short time. But the time that they had here on earth was coming to an end when they had this kind of conversation together. But Jesus goes on to say in verse 26, But I will send you the advocate, the spirit of truth. He will come to you from the Father and will testify all about me. An advocate just simply means a comforter, an encourager, a counselor. Maybe you're here tonight and you're not a follower of Jesus but there's something about him asking you to remain that just has you right here. And maybe you're here tonight and you're a follower of Jesus, but it just got tedious or it got hard and other things have taken your focus away and you're not connected. And maybe you are here tonight for the simple reminder that you're not alone. The scripture is true when he says, if you remain in me, I will remain in you. He remains with us. He abides with us. He stays with us. He resides with us. He lasts with us. He persists with us. He continues to live with us. He waits and he will continue to wait with us. He will keep on with us. And it's very elementary. This is a very simple message. But there's so much weight to it when you consider what is happening. And his care and his love for his people. So let's pray. Father, thank you for sending your son to die for us. To lead us, to comfort us, to remain with us. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you do your work at this moment and that you make yourself known to each individual in this room. I pray for us to always bring glory to you and for us to experience your joy that you promise no matter the circumstance that surrounds us. With every eye closed still, I want to pray for those in the room that don't have a relationship with Jesus. You don't know that joy. You don't know what it's like to, be alone, to, to have someone with you. And that can be right now. If that's you, I'd like you to pray with me. Father, we love you. Jesus, thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your words. Thank you, God, for sending the comforter to be with us here in this room even still. I know that you have gone, you died on the cross for us. Lord, we ask God that you forgive us of our sins. We thank you, God, for coming back to life so we can spend an eternity with you and that we are not alone. Father, I thank you, God, for this group of women in this room, Lord. I know that uh, it's fun to be in the, in the season of where it is not hard and it is not difficult. But in the seasons of, of where it's just a continual long-suffering, I ask, God, that you are with every single person in this room, Lord, that we stand strong and we remain in you, Lord, that we are not just some vine to be broken and set aside, Lord, but that we grow and we produce much fruit. In Jesus' name, amen.